we have a special episode for you guys. Uh, no game recently that to react to, but Scott had a one-on-one interview with Jake DeBrusque earlier today, so we want to just talk a little bit about what happened at Bruins practice, Taylor Hall potentially coming back for Thursday's game, and just exactly what Jake DeBrusque said when he talked to Scott. I thought it was really interesting. Scott, you asked him about the trade request, and um, he's gotten really good at answering those questions. I will say he has become really good in his answers to the media. I think um, I have a lot of respect for the way that he answers those kind of questions now because they used to be really tough and, and guys and, and him and the team kind of didn't want to respond to those kind of questions early on when it first happened. He has been much more open and honest about it now. Um, and I think he feels really comfortable talking about it because of how much time's passed, how well his game has progressed since then. Um, so there were a lot of really good answers. Scott did a good job. Um, ended it with something somewhat light, but also relevant. Uh, we can get into that. We'll also react to it just after the interview. Without further ado, we should get to Scott's one and with Jake DeBress. So uh, let me throw it to that. This is what Jake DeBress had to say today. All right. I'm here with Jake DeBress on the Skate Podcast. Jake, I want to start. You guys had a little bit of a kids cheering section out there for uh-huh. practice today. What, a, what was that like? Yeah, no, that was uh, it was kind of cool. I think uh, Passa went and stretched over there, and they started cheering his name for practice. Then gave a wave, and uh, just shows the support that we always get. I mean, it's one of those things where sometimes it's a normal crowd where um, you know people come watch us practice, but then there's other times where you get a school or something like that, and it brings a little more uh, energy. I would say. Going into these last five regular season games, getting ready for the playoffs, just kind of. What's your mindset at? How are you feeling? Yeah, I think it's more so just kind of getting the game in order and, um, you know, trying to win games. Obviously, uh, you know, we're solidified where we're going to be, but I want to have that good feeling going into it. And um, it's one of those things that uh, feeling pretty decent. You know, I think the schedule's been pretty hard on everybody, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things where uh, I try to take care of myself as best as possible. We've got some big games against some good teams, so it should bring the best out in us. And um, it's one of those things where personally I'm just – uh, trying to kind of get back. I think I've hit a little bit of a wall in a sense coming back from an injury probably about a couple weeks ago and then uh, it's been kind of up and down since so I'm trying to look for just consistency here in the last five games. Is that kind of like a physical wall? Or, you know? I think it's also, yeah, I think maybe a little bit but I think it's also just 82 games. You know, you're going to hit one eventually and uh, even though I missed around... I don't even know, maybe 20 games or just under that, I think it was. But um, even with that, you know, technically rest time, you're still working out every day. You're still uh, going on the ice, training hard to get back a game shape. So it's one of those things that I think actually physically the body's handling it pretty well. It's more so just actually the mental fatigue side of things where I think it's just um, with every game, it seems like there's a game the next day or back-to-back. And uh, just trying to stay in the moment's kind of been the biggest challenge. I think for everybody in the league, I think every guy that's had the schedules that we've had or – Oh, every team's going through it, so it's one of those things that at least you're not uh, the only team. It's just a matter of trying to put together wins. Even with that, you know, that wall or whatever, your production since coming back has still been pretty good. What was your mindset when that injury happened? Because you're having career year, you just have the high moment at the Winter Classic. You know, it feels like they, that could have really kind of taken things off the rails and sidetracked you, but how did you kind of make sure that that didn't happen? Yeah, I think, honestly, what you were saying, I think it was an unreal start for me and uh, our team as well, obviously. I think it was one of those things where, um, you know, you never like getting injured, but getting injured on a high of Winter Classic was a different type of feeling. It just makes you want to get back there even more. You know, it makes you want to feel that uh, emotion that, um, you know, it's hard to feel unless you're in a big game or, um, you know, a special event like that. It's more like playoff vibe, I would say. 
Um, but it reminded me of when I scored against Toronto, and I haven't felt that in a while. So um, it was one of those things that I milked that out for as long as I could. I couldn't really move for the first two weeks, so I think I even said it earlier, but I, I couldn't really do anything. So I was just watching uh, the boys play and um, you know seeing them win and have success. And even the games where it was tight or, um, you know, where they're, I probably didn't even lose, but... You know, those games you want to be there even more. When it's one of those uh, you know tight games, you want to be a difference maker. And um, I think I took my preparation very seriously coming into this season, and I kind of understand my body now. I just want to make sure my speed was there. That was the biggest thing I didn't know. Obviously, it was my first big leg injury or, you know, bone, I guess. So um, thankfully, I didn't know what that was like. That's why I kept playing. But it's one of those things that, uh, you know, I'm very thankful that I did and very thankful of how the training staff in here has treated me. Obviously, um, you know, from the you know the weight room to the visitor, the trainers, it's been. I was the only guy injured, so they had all hands on deck, and it was one of those things where they didn't want to rush me back. We didn't need to get rushed, but at the same time, they wanted to make sure I was uh, ready to go. And I thought that it showed my first couple of games. Obviously, I think in my career coming back from injury, I'm always pretty excited, um, and I usually get one or two pretty quickly. But I think my uh, my game's starting to kind of come back around to that. Obviously, you did finish that game, and then you find out. You know, it's broken. Like, I know young people say, like, fibula, non-weight-bearing, but, I mean, were, like, were you surprised to find out it was that serious? Or? Yeah, well, I, I didn't – I uh, I actually hurt my hand, so I hurt this guy right here yeah. in the first shift of the game. So I was already on some pain meds, to be honest with you, and some pretty good ones because I couldn't close my hand. So, um, you know, I had a wrap and I had a splint and everything. They did a great job, again, of making sure they – they uh, you know, they knew I wasn't coming out, so it was one of those things where uh, I was already kind of just starting to feel the effects from that. It takes a little bit, but uh, at the same time, I knew it was I knew it was pretty bad. You know, I knew it was bad. Um, and like you said, it's not weight bearing, whatever percentage it is, but going out there and skating on it, when I remember what it feels like, it was uh, it just kept getting worse. It wasn't getting any better, so I knew it wasn't a stinger. And um, there was one shift I think it was Kretsch got the puck in the neutral zone. I think it was maybe the shift where I scored where he was flying up the ice and I couldn't catch him. That's why I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> I said that after the game, but it was true. That's literally when I was like, yeah, this is serious. And then the x-ray machine after was, uh, we didn't really even need to go in there. I knew it was pretty messed up. So um, didn't actually, it was more concerned about my hand. But then once that came back, uh, you know, with MRIs and everything and see how actual serious it was, it was, it was close. It was closer, you know, so it was good bouncing away. Didn't need surgery. You referenced, you know, the high of big goals, and I'm assuming that was Toronto playoffs you're talking about. You've had some of those big playoff games. You know, I'm thinking Carolina in the bubble as well, two goal game. Uh, how do you kind of see yourself this time of year as, you know, obviously you want to be a playoff performer and you're on the top line. Like, just kind of how do you approach this this time of year? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, obviously it's been a lot of talk, especially for us in Bruins Circle, you know, not necessarily on the team, but outside, I would say, because uh, we've had the playoffs locked in for a month and a half. So what else are you going to talk about, I guess, yeah. right? Besides the game is going on, but... Uh, you know, it's one of those things that I find it's uh, it's, it's going to be uh, it's going to take everybody in this room. You know, it's one of those things where uh, in all those games I was put in positions where the game was tied or you know it was comebacks or different things. So you need a full group to get in those spots. Everyone wants to be a clutch player. Everybody wants to have those goals. Trust me, they're the best. Um, but it's one of those things that uh, you need a lot of things to go right and you need a lot of things to kind of fall into place for those to happen. Um, but I'm excited. I mean, obviously, yes, you know, we switch up our line sometimes here and there, but our line hasn't really clicked in a little bit as we did at the beginning of the year. I thought we were kind of firing all cylinders uh, at the start, and now it's kind of, you know, our, our matchups are, um, you know, for some reason just tighter. It feels like it's this time of year, so it's not necessarily as open, but 
Um, you know, usually the top two lines cancel each other out, and then it's the third and fourth lines that win you the series. You know, that's one thing I was told when I was younger, and um, but at the same time, uh, I'd love to be uh, you know a consistent contributor. That's that's kind of what my role is. Obviously, if I don't have any success, it's going to hurt our team. Just what it, you mentioned, you know, the importance of third, fourth lines depth. What is it like when you know you look down the line and you see like Taylor Hall getting back out there for a regular practice today, and you know it's a third line of him, Charlie Coyle, and Tyler Bertuzzi. You know, guys who could easily be playing in the top six. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's exciting. You know, it's one of those. Uh, it's good to see him back out there, even flinging, and um, you know, Forbes coming back. You know, get so many bodies. Uh, for that reason, for depth, for if things were to go wrong. And um, like you said, that line is going to be huge for us in the playoffs. Obviously, uh, every line is, but, you know, it's going to be everybody's turn. But that's, like you said, it's a top six line on most teams. And at the same time, it pushes us in the top six to play like top six or else, uh, you know, our ice time will be gone. So uh, it's not necessarily intimidating, but at the same time, you got to be uh, sharp and uh, make sure you can do anything I can to stay with those two guys. I think at this time last year, you, you had clearly, you were up on the top line. You know, your play had definitely picked up. But there, there were still the questions of, you know, what's the future? There's still, you know, trade requests out there. Like, just how much better do you feel this year at this time, you know, kind of a year removed from all that? Oh, yeah. No, it's completely different. Even from the start of the season, I felt like it was... Uh... Uh, not necessarily a fresh start, but a clean slate. And, um, you know, obviously I love the way that I finished last year. I uh, had lots of help in this room. Uh, didn't like how we finished the year, obviously, and left the bitter taste in my mouth and wanted to run it back. And obviously having Bergie come back and Kretsch and, um, you know, different things, it was uh, it was an easy decision. I've always loved the city here, and the fans are amazing. And I've always been treated well, even <laughs> even though I threw, you know, a curveball last year or, you know, whatever you want to say, but which I totally understand. But uh, at, at some point it was... You know, you don't necessarily know your future as a hockey player. There's very select few guys that have no trade clauses, just in general. You know, so it's one of those things that uh, you never really know. But just having that all kind of not dealt with is, uh, or dealt with, I guess, is uh, definitely a big pro and uh, maybe focus on the year and uh, you know my preparation this summer. Yeah, I think people. It's easy to point to like a coaching change. You know, people say point to that when they talk about you having a better season, but. As I said, like, you know, it did start last year. You did finish strong. Like, what did it take to kind of get back on track for you? Yeah, I think, honestly, there was a lot of uh, – it takes a lot of things to get out of that. You know, I think it's one of those things where, weirdly enough, I think I put myself against back against the wall and uh, realized I had to play, you know, a certain type of way. And you know, it was one of those things where it wasn't necessarily with Marshy and Bergie for, you know, right away after that. It took a little bit of time, but obviously we had some different – you know, line changes, different things going on, but um, those guys helped me out a ton. They pretty much redeemed my career and um, maybe found the joy in the game again. And uh, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, Marsh is pretty hard on me, but uh, it's one of those things where they pushed me to get to, you know, just be better. And anytime that, you know, someone's trying to help you, it's dumb not to listen. So that's why I tell AJ anyway, oh, sit beside me. <laughs> and I give him advice. Sorry. Um, but it's one of those things that I think there's a lot of different things, like I was saying earlier, you know, Kretsch and, uh, and Bree coming back, but obviously, you know, I was excited to meet Monty. I was excited to uh, see what he could do for this team, and um, you know, obviously, going in a different, different direction there has only worked out great things for us. And I think for him too, it's worked out well in Vegas. You know, he's a good coach, but um, it's one of those things where uh, I came in with a different mindset this year. What has Jim Montgomery done to, to help you? I think he's helped all of us. I think if you look around the room, there's probably. Um, you know, six or seven guys around their career highs. Anytime you have that, that's 
that means everyone's buying in and that means that everyone's listening to his message and and playing for each other and that's what every coach would want and um it's one of those things that i think he's really personable you know he's a guy that communicates easy he'll chirp you he'll he'll be honest with you he kind of's got a mixed bag of, of different ways he kind of uh, does things but i like his approach to the game you know it's one of those things where we've obviously had a great season it hasn't really been too much to dwell on but uh, at the same time uh, it's easy to get complacent and he's trying his best to keep us uh, with our minds focused you mentioned you know you've always loved the city loved the fans were there times that it was tough just you know whether it's being out around or even us in the media or you know were the times that that got to um you? i mean not necessarily that i didn't think you know i think that uh after you know got public obviously i think i knew it was coming um but at the same time from media fans whatever but anytime i walk around boston it's always positive stuff you know anytime i'm actually in person or going to somewhere in the north end and um, they love us here. It's one of those things where even when that was going on, there was only support. So, um, you know, just from random people. So it was kind of one of those things where I found it was interesting. You can go on Twitter, you can go and see everything you want that's not good, but then you go outside and go to dinner or something like that and someone recognizes you and says good job. You know, it's kind of weird, uh, at least last year, for me to kind of see both sides of it. But obviously there's some tough times. Getting booed at home was not necessarily a bright spot either. I've been booed in Toronto and booed in Boston, but... Like I said, I was expecting um, a reaction. I knew it wasn't going to be a good one. All right. I usually like to end these with non-hockey questions, but this one is actually a little hockey-related. So, What you got? One of the big stories in sports this week has been trash talk, oh. women's basketball national championship game. There was some of it. You know, is it when does it cross the line to disrespect? You're on a line with one of the <laughs> consistently voted as the best trash talker and the worst trash talker. Right? Yeah. He wins both. Yeah. Uh, in your mind, what place does trash talk have in hockey and can it cross the line? I think anything can cross the line. I think it depends on the certain person or the, you know, the ra- or parameters it's around. But, uh, you know, usually when it gets pretty intense, it's pretty much a death threat. So I don't really know what beats that. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think it's definitely got a place in the game. You know, there's a, there's lots of talk about fighting and how fighting's coming in the game. I haven't fought in a couple of years, but I think you need that or else guys run around with superstars and take liberties on guys. But, same time, trash talk kind of gives you gives you a personal edge, you know. I think Mar- Marshy's worse or voted the worst because he's annoying, you know. He's annoying in the sense of some guys, really, like he's not even a good chirper, but he's still doing that to kind of get himself in the game. And uh, I think it's fun. I think it's fun going in those scrums. I always try to get a listen on what he's saying, and um, usually I'm coming in there to try to protect. But um, he's one of those things where I think, yeah, the national championship one game is interesting though. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that because. I look at that and I go, I that's gamesmanship. That's fair. What she did, the the first girl and the second girl. I get both of them. You know, if you got, if you can, if you can give it, you got to be able to take it. But at the same time, you know, it's at the end of the game. It's at the end of the game of the national championship, so that's gotta hurt. So it's almost more. I don't know if that's more badass or if that's more the other way. So I'm I'm kind of fifties on that, but I kind of like was like looking at the Twitter and people were just losing. It. I'm like. Oh, God, that app is hilarious to me. But, you know, hey, she was in the game, and the girl who won, I don't know their name, sadly, but the girl who won, hey, you can do whatever you want. You're just a national champion, you know? It's one of those things where if I want a Stanley Cup, I'd probably say some dumb things, too. They need a handshake line, right? Yeah. yeah well, the, things down. Yeah, yeah, they didn't even have a handshake line, did yeah. they? Or did they? I don't, I don't really think they I didn't watch the game. They, they'll do, like, some, like, one-off handshakes and stuff. That would be interesting, yeah, because if they had, if that happened, then the handshake line happened. That 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 would be popcorn ready, you know? Yeah. Then it would be either, like, we're all good or it would be even more intense. So, yeah, that's what I'd say on that. All right, thanks a lot, Jake. Appreciate it, man. All right, so thank you to Jake DeBrusque for taking the time to talk to Scott today. It's always nice when we get these one-on-ones because 
you got an extended period of time. It's always more casual. It's not like, I don't know. And, and a lot of these guys are really easy to talk to. And I think DeBrusque, you can kind of see that he was able to be more free with some of those answers. In particular, the toughest subject for him to talk about um, that he's probably going to have to answer questions about, not just this year, but into the future. Was this stuff about the trade request? And um, also, Scott, you snuck in a little bit of a question about the coaching change, and he kind of gave a little bit of an – he tries – he does a good job not to throw Cassidy under the bus, though we all know what the speculation is that, um, you know, him and Cassidy maybe didn't get along so great. Um, so what were some of the things that he said to you that maybe you didn't know before or that just expanded on, you know, some important things that – that we've talked about. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, he's obviously talked before about like how important Bergeron and Martian is, but I thought here, like saying that they redeemed his career, like that, that was... you know, or pretty much redeemed his career. Like that's, I think even further than he, than where he's gone in the past talking about them and, you know, how playing with them and them kind of like taking him under his wing. And, you know, Bergeron's talked about how, Basically, like they just laid out to DeBrusque, like here's if you're playing on our line, here's what expect, here's what it's expected of you. Not just during your shifts, but every day at the rink in video sessions. And you know, it's it's pretty clear that DeBrusque took that to heart. And like he even said, you know, if um, people are trying to help you and you don't listen, like it's it's stupid not to. So, uh, and I think it probably helped a lot more coming from those two, you know, I'm sure some of the things Bergeron and Martian told him were probably pretty similar to some of the things Bruce Cassidy told him, but maybe wasn't delivered the right way or, or wasn't connecting the right way. Whereas when it comes from Bergeron and Martian and they're your line mates, like I'm sure that that makes much more of an impact than hearing it from a coach who maybe, you know, doesn't really know exactly what you're going through every single day or, um, you know, or what's going to work with, with you. Yeah. That I, I would say that was something that stood out to me as well. Like redeemed my career. That's not like a small thing to say that is very significant. And it speaks to the respect that he has for them, but also that, that they have for him and the belief they had for him that he could get back on track and that he wasn't going to be a detriment to the team. And, and another thing that he said was that, he felt that even though Twitter was kind of nasty to him, uh, he, when he was outside um, and people saw him, they were always very supportive. And he said that it was never a doubt that he wanted to return to Boston. So I think he's handled it as well as he possibly could have. He said he's been booed in Toronto and he's been booed in Boston. It's true. He did get booed here for a little bit. And still, once again, when I, when I go out and people, you know, find out that I'm a Bruins reporter. The first person they usually ask me about is Jake DeBrusque. How is he? Is he, you know, is he a drama queen? And I'm always like, no, he's not. Like he pulled himself out of a place that wasn't easy to pull himself out of. And he had the help of his teammates. And I actually really admire how he's been able to get things back on track. And I thought he gave you a really good interview. Um, another thing he talked about was the injury. So, um, you know, not being able to play for, an extended period of time you asked him when he knew he was hurt and he kind of gave you that answer like I was on so many pain meds that I wasn't really sure but I knew when when Krejci was faster than me that something was wrong <laughs> so yeah. I thought that was funny because they they throw that back and forth at each other a lot 
Yeah, everyone gives Krejci a hard. They give Krejci a hard time about two things: his skating and not shooting. Pasternak especially always gives him a hard time about not shooting. Um, so yeah, that that was that's a pretty funny answer. Um, he said, "I didn't even and, and, need to get it X-rayed. I already knew." Because <laughs> yeah, which, which like, I that part like I didn't, you know, like I didn't know like he knew it was that serious like already because we we knew like okay he ended up in a walking boot by the time he got press conference and you know then you find out and like i kind of just figured that all right you know that's one of those things where it's probably painful but you know then they find out after it's a little more serious and there is actually a you know crack in the bone there um but yeah he said like he basically knew during during the game like it just wasn't getting better and and any hockey player that you know you know that feeling like if you get hit with a shot and at first it, it feels really bad and then you skate around a little bit and eventually gets better and you know you're gonna have a bruise but you realize like okay like i'm all right i'll get through this and yeah for him it seems like it, it went the opposite way where it was like he was waiting for that moment where it's like all right like it's gonna be fine and, and it just never came and then next thing you know he's slower than crazy <laughs> yeah which apparently is you know obviously <laughs> he's kind of kidding but also he knows he's faster than crazy so um yeah the, the term he used was it wasn't just a stinger right it's not something you just yeah, shake off and i found out that my injury from yesterday so my foot is not just a stinger but <laughs> uh anyway another uh key topic that you talk to him about was the playoffs and you know kind of how the injury factors into how he's going to want to finish out the season um we talked about rest for some people he kind of alluded to the fact that because of the injury he feels like maintenance maybe would be the best way to put it is important for him in this time of year yeah i think that the key word he said was consistency because he felt like he feels like he had like a little bit of a wall and has been a little bit inconsistent and, you know, and, and I asked like, is that a physical thing? And he kind of said, no, like it's more mental. So I think that's kind of just the, the grind of the season type of thing kicking in, um, you know, especially for a team that doesn't have a ton of play ton to play for night to night. I think you've probably seen that with a few guys here and there, honestly. And sometimes even, the whole team has kind of hit, you know, a little bit of a skid. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think he's probably just looking to like, doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, exploding for three goals in these last five games, but he just wants to feel like he's playing consistently and, and that he doesn't get to the playoffs and like, you know, have to flip a switch. Like he wants to have kind of some upward momentum already going. And so I guess, if you don't have any other thoughts about what DeBrusque said, um, which uh, you're going to be putting up an article based on um, some of the things he talked about tomorrow. So look at, look for that um, should be up right around the same time that this goes up. Um, is there anything else you expect for Toronto goaltending matchups? Um, what Toronto is going to be putting out on the ice, anything else you want to go over? Uh, it's, it sounds like Ryan O'Reilly is going to return for Toronto. He's been out injured. Um, but I think he broke his finger. Uh, but the reports from out of Toronto's practice on Wednesday is that he's back and he's playing Thursday in Boston. So, you know, you might actually see these teams both at 
relatively close to full strength. And, you know, I don't, it'll be interesting to see, like, are, are they going out, you know, are they both treating it like a big game or are they, you know, because Bruins are locked into first and Toronto's locked into second, are they, you know, maybe taking it a little easy, leaving something in the tank, not quite showing the other everything that they have. So that'll be interesting because I, I almost could see it being a game where like maybe it starts a little slow and there's a little bit of feeling out, but then something happens and kind of ramps up and like by the midway point of the second period, it has a little bit of a playoff feel and there's some intensity to it. So we'll see. I think it's going to be an interesting game though to see how that plays out. Yeah. And, and I mentioned this on the last podcast, the next two games Thursday against Toronto and Saturday against New Jersey are, Theoretically, the harder of the last five matchups for the Bruins, they need three more wins in order to break that uh, regular season win record. So, and then they finish out against Philadelphia, the Washington Capitals, and Montreal at Montreal, that last game of the season on the 13th, which hopefully I will be up in Montreal for, but um, we will see about that. Um, any other thoughts? uh no I don't think so. pending. no nothing okay um so we will be recording again after the toronto game on thursday night so look for that up on friday morning but uh i guess that wraps up this discussion thank you to jake debrus once again um and tune in again after toronto